Welcome everybody to Tea Time with Jesse. I'm here with uh, Luisin. Um, Hi everybody. Uh, introduce yourself real quick. Who are you? Hi, my name is Yixing Lu. Um, my English name is Star. Um, I'm a teacher at Newton Public Schools. Yes, and Newton Public Schools, Newton North High School, where you teach, was my high school. Yeah. Um, and continues to be my high school. Uh, even though I didn't have my Chinese lessons with you, I thought that since I'm back home for Thanksgiving, and I don't know when this is airing, but since I'm back home, uh, it'd be a great idea to have over the, my high school's Chinese teacher and talk a little bit about our Chinese program, talk about the uh, fundraiser show that we did together yeah, back in the beginning exciting. of COVID, and just generally somebody I would have over for tea anyway. So. Uh, very glad to have you here. So thank you for having me. Um, so you're you're a Beijingian, right? Yeah, yeah, all Beijingian. <laughs> um, so in in Beijing, I was thinking of what tea should we make, and I spent many many years in Beijing, and I was like, oh, I, I remember a lot of the the Beijingers. They they drink the Molly Hua. Yeah, I love Molly. the uh, yeah, yeah Molly Hua, so the jasmine tea. So we're gonna drink the uh, Yangchun snow jasmine, mm -hmm. and talk about learning Chinese, which is. As you guys know, probably the biggest decision I probably ever made in my life was doing high school Chinese class. <laughs> yes, actually, Jesse's teacher was mm. my master, mm. meaning I, my mentor, mm, yeah. um, before he retired. Mm. His name is Mr. Zhu, or yeah. Dr. Zhu Bin. Yeah, Zhu Laoshi. So, uh, Zhu Laoshi, how is Zhu Laoshi doing? Zhu Laoshi is great. He's, yeah, he's, actually, he's retired he's, now, right? Yeah, yeah, he's at uh, San Diego. Oh, really? He yeah, moved to San Diego? Yeah, he's he's not that far from me then. I, know. I should yeah. go down to meet, uh, I'll, meet I'll Zhu Laoshi next time yeah. I'm there. The, um, uh, what was it like uh, when you, well, I guess let's start from the beginning, sort of, uh, you grew up in Beijing and how did you get the idea to teach Chinese as a second language? Um, you know, I never thought of being a teacher. Mm. I, I, I did not want to be a teacher. Even though my mom taught um, physics in college, mm. I, I, um, I didn't want to be a teacher. Mm. I thought it was too much. And, um, and then I came, I, I, be, I became a, um, PR um, company employee, mm. and I mm. managed some accounts. And I came to study to my graduate at my graduate school mm. at Emerson College. Oh, yeah. nice! So you're in Boston. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So that's how I started working um, after graduating from graduate school, and somehow I got into teaching. And mm. one of my adult students was a high school teacher, mm. and he couldn't take his job anymore. So he recommended me for an interview, and mm. I got the job. There we go. That was that in New North or? Uh, no, that was in Belmont High School. That was in Belmont. Yeah. So that was two thousand one until cool. two thousand three. So that so was your first time in the states? Then was that in Boston when yes. you went to Emerson? Yes. So well, my first time was the year before. I came for a conference. Nice, but yeah. it sounds like um, you're kind of the opposite of me. I grew up kind of in the Boston area yeah. and then went to Beijing. And yes. You grew yes. up in Beijing and then came to Boston. <laughs> so yeah. what what do you think um, as a Beijinger? What's good about Boston? What's not good about Boston? <laughs> um, that's a good question. You know, the first time I came here, I loved the red brick yeah. road yeah, yeah. Um, and the buildings. The things, sort of... I don't see them in Beijing anymore. Yeah. You know, Beijing is, is a very wide street. Mm. Yep. Um, but here they're all little streets. And mm -hmm. I remember my professor he crumbled up a piece of paper and said, and opened up, and he said, this is the map of Boston. Yeah. In Beijing, I love living in Beijing because they have these ring roads. They have the yeah, yeah. Lu, San Juan Lu, Si Juan Lu. Yeah, yeah, and then exactly. in between that, everything is done in a grid. Yes, yes. And yes. so, and it's been like that for a thousand years. Yes. And then, and then I was used to north and south and oh, east no, and west. Oh, you can't tell anything. And here, yeah. it's, it's one block. You go to one block and yeah. you go through a traffic light and you may keep turning 
right and you may not get back to the original yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like on, on ways it'll like go straight and you're like going right through a turn and it's like, you know, then take a left turn and the left turn is actually like going straight. straight. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah, that yeah was... so I love that part of Boston. You know, mm. it, it's interesting. Mm. And, um, but the weather is definitely something that you uh, mm -hmm. yeah. try to like. Oh, thank you. There we go. Here, we'll try the, um, here's the snow jasmine. This is the uh, Yangchun, uh, 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 so oh, that'll be good. Cheers. cheers. Enjoy. Mm, very fresh jasmine. Mm, mm. Very fragrant. Very good. Mm, yeah, smell the. Um, oh, this sounds. Smell the little song. Lao Beijing, little old Beijing energy there. Yeah, smell especially. The, uh, smell the oh tea. my gosh, yeah. These are really good jasmine. So fragrant. It's a Xun Chulaida. They took they they take the leaves and they aromatize the leaves by putting the jasmine on top of the leaves. Yeah. And then they do that four times. So one batch of jasmine, do it again, do it again, do it again. So this is very classic. I remember in Beijing, you go into like a cab and you'll have a cab driver who's got some of this in a in a cup yeah, and they've yeah. been drinking the same leaves for twelve for years. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, when uh, one of my friends told me that mm. if you have a you know those uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the red clay, clay yeah. yeah, and then you put in tea leaves for long enough, and then. Mm. Finally, the 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 pot will absorb all the fragrance, and you don't mm. need tea leaves anymore. Yeah, there's you, you just, just pour in water, water. Yeah, and then it yeah. comes out. This yeah. is the this is the sort of like uh, the the holy grail of of uh, teapot rearing, I suppose. Oh, that's the first time Very I heard cool. that word. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot lot of it's. This is really funny. So this is kind of a, a cool language thing about tea. I learned all my tea language in Chinese. Because oh, I was in China, yeah, and I had to yeah. like relearn how to say all these words in, in English. English. You know, because I'm like, this, this tea is very xiang, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like no, no, no. and I'm like, and, but and then in English you say the tea is fragrant, and you yeah, sound yeah, yeah. a little bit weird. Like, yeah. But in in Chinese you just oh, this is xiang, like you know, how do you say that in English? Like very soft, very smooth, very smooth. Yeah, probably. Yeah, smooth like would wine, be, yeah, right? Yeah, shun. Yeah, chun. Yeah, yeah, chun. yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, that's yeah. a word. We have a tea on the website that's called Bingdao Chun. And I translated this as Bingdao mellow, but it's not really mellow. It's more like the chun is like, um, it's just like a smooth Pure. yeah, pureness. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so th this is a good time to segue into learning Chinese because as we're just saying here, there's a lot of words that don't really translate directly. It's um, different ideas. Um, what do you think is like the biggest challenge for the high school students that are taking Chinese from scratch like me? Oh, yeah. Um, that's a good question because kids change over time mm. and I started teaching in 2003. Mm. So at that time, the difficulty would be, oh, the tones, mm. the how to write a character mm. um, and how, how do you put it into a sentence? Mm -hmm. um, because at that time, kids who chose to learn Chinese, a lot of them liked um, Bruce Lee's movies. Oh yeah, okay. So they were thinking, oh, if I'm getting into Chinese class, yeah. I'm gonna do lion dance, I'm gonna yeah, yeah. do martial arts, you know. Well, this is the culture they know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's like the basics of like, well, we know there's characters, but yeah. I have no idea how I would ever learn those. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's more academic mm. uh, challenges, but nowadays it's more of, okay, so I picked to study Chinese. Um, how do I balance my life? Mm. Because Chinese takes 
sometimes a time. category four language and takes more time than mm. other romance languages. What, right? what is a category four language? Category, so the um, American Council for Teaching Foreign Language has mm. different categories. So they did a data gathering about how long it will take some students to oh, learn okay. a certain language. So for example, Spanish, French, mm. they're all in category one. Oh, that's why it's so easy. I it know. was just easy <laughs> mode in Spanish class <laughs> in high school. Not like Chinese. Easy. Oh, come no, on. No, no, I'm just kidding. I, like, I like bashing. I, yeah, yeah. I, I like Spanish. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's category one. Yeah, and then category four, which is like Farsi, mm. uh, Chinese, mm. uh, Arabic. Mm. These languages will take longer time than mm. French and Spanish. And that's for so, native English speakers to yes, learn. Yes, to right? learn. Yeah. Because so. like I remember I was so jealous. We had a, a Vietnamese disciple of my comedy master, um, Chen Tianxiu, okay. um, who was so good at Chinese and her tones were so good. And and I was thinking like, oh, it's gotta be easier because she already spoke Vietnamese as her first language. Yeah, because it's so a tonal language. It's a tonal language. language. Yeah. And, but she was very talented, um, but it was easier for Vietnamese. There's no hardest language, but if you're an English speaker, it's, a very it's big gonna be change. hard to learn. Yes, yes. So then yes. what, what type of students tend to take the category four languages? Like, um, I, I think it really depends. Um, so, Oh, thank you. Yep. So Newton is a very special place. Mm. It has, um, it's a very, it's, Newton North and Newton yeah. South are very heterogeneous yeah. um, schools. Mm. We have 2,000 students for each school mm -hmm. and, and kids who are, for example, we have in other districts, we don't see this much, mm. that we have kids who were adopted from China mm. by non-Chinese speaking families. Mm. And we have, um, kids whose one parent is an mm. Asian parent, the other yeah. parent is not. Yeah. And we have students who learned, who were probably from Europe somewhere, and yeah. then they already mastered four or five European languages, and yeah. now they're adding one more. I remember in my high school Chinese, it drove me crazy because there were a couple students that spoke Cantonese already. Yeah. They didn't speak Mandarin, they were in a Mandarin class, yeah. but they would be in the back of the class speaking at the time. I was like, they're speaking Chinese in the back. <laughs> and then I'm like, are they just here to not have to work? And yeah. the answer was yes, they were there. No, I'm just yeah. Yeah, the, <laughs> no, the answer, yeah. they want to learn how to write. That yeah. was the, the thing. They're, they told me their parents said, you have to take this class, you can learn how to write. <laughs> yeah, in the, yeah. But you know, it's interesting how um, when you think about, oh, Cantonese speakers, then they may have an easier time. Mm. It's actually not mm. because Cantonese and Mandarin are close in some way. And so sometimes your, it's hard yeah. to, right? It's like all of your instincts are going to be wrong. Yeah. You think you can do it, but actually it is a different language. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. So yeah. that's, so that's, so you have all these students from different backgrounds yeah, in, the, in, yeah. in a classroom in Newton mm -hmm. North. And then how do you keep people excited about studying the language, even though it's harder? Um... By giving them candies. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you got the right treat. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they, they have, kids have to feel that they are, they, they have to feel confident, mm. right? They have to feel like they're going somewhere, yep. right? They're mastering something and mm -hmm. through their own efforts and their own work that they feel they are accomplishing something, mm. right? So it's not like I am making you learn or I am... Mm. I think this is so useful in 20 years, you yeah. know, they're only thinking about this weekend, right? Yeah. But they have to feel accomplished. Sure. And they have to feel connected with yeah. you, right? So it's, it's funny, so like adults will be like, how am I gonna use this? But for the kids, it's like, 
am I winning? Yeah. Like, if I don't feel like I'm winning, I'm not yeah. going to keep going. Yeah. Whatever or, that means to yeah, them, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, or do I belong? Do yeah. I belong here? I feel that I'm connected with the students here. I'm yeah. connected with the teacher. I feel connected with the culture. Hmm. The connectiveness the is connectedness. important. Yeah. So then, so you have all these different types of kids that are learning Chinese for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And then as a teacher, how do you adjust to that? Because you can't just yeah. come in and assume everybody knows nothing. Right. It's actually easier sometimes, I find, they to They know teach. nothing, right? <laughs> you know, when I, when I taught comedy in China, improv, it was actually a lot of fun to teach, like, improv, stand-up, like, these Western styles of comedy in China because you would find people who are like professional performers yeah. but have never done stand-up. Right. Whereas in America, like if you've done comedy, like everybody thinks they know a little because they've tried a little. But yeah. it's actually harder to teach people that are starting at different places, I yeah. find. Heterogeneous yeah. classes, yes. yes. So, so how do you take that sort of class and prepare to teach people that have all these different backgrounds and reasons of learning Chinese? Yeah, that's a, that's always the hardest thing, and that's actually that's the most important, like most interesting thing to mm. be a teacher, right? Mm. I, I I just love the, the the differences. Like every year, I, even though this is my nineteenth year teaching, mm. I I find it challenging in different ways every year, mm. but I love it mm. um, since they are all different. They come from different background, they have different motivation. Mm. Oh, thank you. Yep. Um, you know, that's the interesting part. Like you get to know every single one of them. It takes time, but once you get to know them, you know, they open up a different world for like for mm. me. Yeah. Right. So, so once you get a connection with them, for example, I had a, I have a student this year who is a cello player mm. and he, um, he's in the Boston Youth Symphony Orchestra and wow. playing cello and um, they had a field trip for his music class to go to see Yo-Yo Ma's performance. Oh, great. And I, of course, I went to see you Ma before yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah, that's great. So he came back. We had a long conversation and I just loved it. That's you know? great. So every student had their own passion. So it's like so, finding your own way into the language yeah, that yeah, yeah. is important. And that totally speaks to me because that was, you know, I started learning Chinese basically out of interest, but I kept learning Chinese because... Oh, I want to do comedy in Chinese, and if I want to do that, I want to learn Xiangsheng. I yeah. better know Chinese. I want to speak to the tea vendors. I want to go to the tea hills and be able to speak to the tea farmers. I better speak Chinese. Even though it seems like a lot of work to put in to speak to a tea farmer, um, it, it doesn't feel like that if you have your own mission. Passion, you know? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. So that so so you'll individually be paying attention to students and trying to figure out who you know who likes what. You like music? Let me show you Chinese musicians. Yeah, like, yeah, you know. yeah. And it's it, it's not only me. I have to say, mm -hmm. I, I feel that's what I uh, when I was at Belmont, mm -hmm. um, I learned all my teaching pedagogy, mm -hmm. which trained yeah. me so well. But Newton is a different place. It's mm. very special that mm. all my colleagues, I wouldn't say all, but yeah. most of my colleagues in, in North and South, they really care about the kids. Mm. So if the whole school is about, you know, like, oh, I'm connecting with you, yeah. but I can't, I have a hard time connecting with you, but mm. then someone else is connecting with you. So that you can know, like, even yeah. if I don't necessarily have a super special relationship with that kid, somebody does. Yes. They're yes. kind of taken care of. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that's great. So yeah. so what are the, um, going back to the, the students that are learning and you teaching Chinese, what are kind of the biggest challenges for the kids? Is it the tones? Is it the characters? Mm. Is it the culture? What's the, what's the hardest thing for most kids about learning Chinese? Um... That's a that's a, that's a hard question to answer because mm. if they have all the time they have in the world, mm. 
it should not be hard, mm. right? Yeah. So it's true for all the subjects. Yeah. So I, the, I think the hardest one is number one, how do they feel motivated, mm. right? Number two, how do they find time? Mm. So they're not only studying Chinese; they're studying all seven other yeah, subjects, they have a lot right? Of subjects. So if they have and Newton North, for those of you who don't know, they wrote a report in the New York Times about how our high school was crazy and produced kids that were very well prepared for college, but very like uh, very very stressed about applying for college. Yeah. And I personally felt like college was easier than high school. Yeah. Like, you know, I was very well prepared by co for college by going to the Newton Public Schools. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, so it's more of the time. And that's totally true because I think a lot of people, they come to me and they say, how did you learn all those characters? And there's no secret. You write them over oh, and yeah. over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I remember uh, Zhu Laoshi always had us do the character sheets. Yeah. And then I'll see if I can find this old video. It's hilarious. I made at the end of the year once I made a... I made a parody video. At the time, there was a movie that came out called Snakes on a Plane. Have you ever seen Snakes? No, Snake? no. It's a, it's a hilarious movie. They're on a plane. Snakes are on the plane. And it's an action movie, and the snakes are on the plane. And um, we, I, I was, that year the Snakes on a Plane came out, I was like, I want to make character sheets on a plane. <laughs> and so we, we went into the basement of the old school at Newton North, where it looks like uh, just the hallways are like, you know, labyrinth. We put chairs in the aisles like it was a plane. And I got everybody's character sheets from all of the students. I said, when you're done, give them to me. So I had hundreds of character sheets. And we had people whose only job was to throw character sheets oh on gosh. us. Like, ah, oh, we're being attacked by the character sheets. Um, yeah, send it to me. I'll see I if I can see find it. it. Yeah. Uh, Maybe on old YouTube. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. try to find it. But it was, um, the character sheets were a menace. But it was just a matter of time. Yes. If you had... If that was the only thing I was doing, it wouldn't have been hard. Right. If I also had to learn chemistry and history right. and, and, and even within Chinese, grammar and pronunciation, and then I had to grind on the character sheets, that's, that's when it got hard. It was yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's no shortcut, right? Mm. So it's yeah. sometimes kids, kids want to find shortcuts. Yeah. And, and especially that nowadays kids are on... Mm -hmm on the go all the time, Yeah. right? So many kids are having activities, they move around, mm -hmm. they're always in the car. Yeah. So, you can't really study character sheets in the car. You have to right. be sitting down, you have to be writing yeah. the characters. So. Yeah. Yeah. so so, how do you deal with the, the, the overwork of the kids? You, you, do you yeah. adjust the way you teach or you just kind of give them more work? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, you know, so now, so the schedule, mm. our high school has changed mm. that uh, we use, oh, thank you. We used to have four, for example, four or four language classes per mm -hmm. week. Now we have three. Mm. That means kids only have my homework for three days a week mm. rather than four. It's a little better. So yeah. that's a little better. And then mm. also class time is longer. Oh, that's better. So okay. for, for uh, we have tracks, right? For one track, um, we move slower and then kids also have time to do a little homework mm. oh, in, in class. class time. That's, that's cool. So, and then another thing is that we have the built-in um, self-study time mm. in school. So I think the structure is the most important thing, mm. right, for kids. That they, it's not like, oh, I'm leaving you alone with all these seven assignments. You yeah. go home and figure it out. That, that makes sense. So, a little yeah, bit yeah, of help. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's good. So yeah. then, so the students are studying um, high school Chinese. Uh, what do you think high school Chinese can really accomplish? Do you mm -hmm. think like people are going to come out of Chinese, high school Chinese speaking fluently and talking to like, you know, they could go to China and, and live in China? Mm -hmm. is, it, is it that level of Chinese? 
Or is it more like, okay, this will give you a baseline and then in the future, if you keep studying, you'll actually be able to speak Chinese. <laughs> yeah, um, so I, you know, my friend who teaches Chinese at Big Ola Middle School, yeah. uh, Gao Jie Lao Shi. Oh, yeah. mm. So Jie told me um, something that I, I always remember. Oh, thank you. Mm. Um, it's very good tea, by it's the way. Very, oh, thank you very much. And then um, she said, if your kids, I mean, your students, yeah graduate from high school and will continue mm. in in college mm. and are determined to go to China, mm. that means you're successful. That is a success. I agree with that. That yeah. sounds like a, that's totally true because it's not the type of language where like, I learned Spanish in high school, for instance, I took Spanish and Chinese. After high school uh, Spanish, we took a, a vacation after I graduated that year between high school and college. My family went to Spain for two weeks. And I was able to speak to the cab driver and get us around a little bit and be able to translate basic stuff. But yeah. like, you know, we didn't die. Um, <laughs> and then like we lived. Um, but in China, like I remember I did all the high school Chinese plus the equivalent of two years college Chinese. Yeah. Landed in China to study abroad. And I don't think I you could have. Equipped, yeah, yeah I, like I was glad somebody picked us up at the airport in a bus. Like yeah. I wasn't like it was it was hard. It was very, very hard. Yeah. And so. Like, do you think that this is just because of it's, it's that category four language, it's just harder? Or is there something specific about Chinese that makes it harder to just pick up and, and go? Yeah, definitely. It, 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 well, it's, I think they're, they're the same thing because mm. Chinese and English are so different. Mm. You know, in Spanish, if you say, for example, uh, excelente, and yeah, people like, know oh, that's oh, excellent, excellent yeah. right? But yeah. you can't get that out of... Yeah. Chinese, like uh, you can see, like two people very excitingly say yeah. something, but they are probably just yeah. talking about toothpaste, right? Yeah, yeah. You so there's, no you have no idea. So yeah. that's why, and then the speed, yeah, and the, the speed the was hard. Dialects from every region in China is very different. So I, I feel like for me, if my kids, my, I mean my students, mm -hmm. if they go to a Chinese market, mm -hmm. and if they can pick out one thing and say how yeah. much money yeah. in Chinese. That's good enough. That's a win. Me, yeah, right? that is a big win. If and they feel like not, not shameful to, or they mm. feel courageous enough to say something. Yeah, because that's the big thing I think between the people who really speak the language well and who don't yeah. is you have to be willing to try. Yes. Like I always, I always, I put it this way sometimes. I'm like, you're gonna say it wrong. Yeah. You're gonna say it wrong a thousand times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The question is, do you want that thousand times to happen quickly? Right. Or do you want to spread it out over a long time? That's a good point. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're going to yeah, say yeah. it wrong. So if you're going to say it wrong, you might as well say it wrong repeatedly as fast as possible. And then you'll get past saying it yeah. wrong and start to say it right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. But like a lot of people never get past that. Yeah, um, I think it's, a, you, you know, it's, I feel like it's the teacher's mentality and also how you put it out there. You know, yeah. our job is not to make you be perfect in yeah, class. Yeah. My job is to help you mm. and for you to feel comfortable making a mistake. Yeah, right? that's good. So as long as they feel comfortable with me, yeah. they feel making mistakes in front of this group yeah. of kids and in front of me are yeah. okay, yeah. then that seems I, yeah, good. that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a guess here, but I'm guessing that uh, making the kids feel comfortable making mistakes was not the way your high school was in Correct. Beijing. <laughs> Correct. Correct. So how was how was your high school different from the high school you teach in now? And what do you think was good about each of them and bad about each of them? <laughs> yeah, I, I think you know, for a lot of people say, "Oh, you come to America, mm. you need you need to you, you probably will have a culture shock." Mm. 
um, I don't think I had a culture shock, but mm. I had a high school culture shock. Yeah, high school, so yeah, going to a high school was more yeah, culture yeah, yeah. shocking. You're like, oh, yeah. this is different, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's I feel, I, I, I do feel that I, my mind has changed so much in a way that, you know, in China, um, our only goal for high school is to get into a good college. Yeah. Right? And that's the goal for me and yeah. for my family and for my classmates, mm -hmm. for all the people I know, basically. So it's kind of less less learning the material and more, well, you need to know this to pass the test. Yes. To you need to, to get a good grade. Good grade. Yeah. And then if you find a good college, then you have a wider road later, you have a better choice. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. And but here is and and you you are basically not evaluated, but you're you're constantly under judgment of your grades and mm. by by uh, points, mm. right? Um, so if I'm an academic driven kid, mm. mm -hmm. that works for me. Yeah. But if I'm an artist, or mm. I'm not saying artists are yeah, not yeah. academic, but, no, but some kids are just. Very into art. Yeah. Some kids are very into music or yeah. any other, or, or sports, athletics, or, right? You know, any or drama, anything, fashion, right? Yeah, could be anything. And so this academic academia way is not the best fit for the child. So the mm. child may feel, I hate my day. You yeah. know, I don't feel like I'm doing anything right. Mm. But here is that you have multiple choices, and if you are academically driven, mm -hmm. go ahead. Yeah. But if you like art instead mm -hmm. go ahead right you, you you can make your own choice there's more rules and right. then do you feel like how much of that is the way the school is set up and how much of that is like the culture at home giving people the the choice of different paths mm. you understand what i'm saying yeah because yeah. if you could have like students some students in like china some parents might be like oh we would encourage you learning art but there's no art class in your school, so um, it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. similarly, you could have the the other way around, where you could have people here that you know maybe they're encouraging their kids to study, but the academics aren't strong in that school. Right. You know, right. so um, like how much of it is the school and how much of it is the home? Um, I think I think it's a structure mm. um, and the values of the community probably. Mm. So, for example, at, in China, every all parents talk about is uh, what uh, after school program are your kids in mm -hmm. or which college do you want to get into mm -hmm. or what's your plan after college what kind mm -hmm. of job what kind of major you want to get your child into yeah. but here we also have parents who say oh we um we found this beautiful program where my child is mentoring a younger child mm. or my child is so good with little kids mm. and they want to do the they want to babysit. They want to walk the dogs. They yeah. they start their own. They started own, a lemonade yeah, stand. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, they yeah. start <laughs> their own business to, just to shovel snow, right? Yeah. And that is okay. That yeah. is. But here, but in China, most of the time it would be, oh, that's a waste of your time. Mm. Doing housework is a waste of your time. You should study. Do you feel like being prepared in the Chinese way of thinking? You went to high school in China. Do you, what, what did that feel when you gave, uh, let me rephrase this. Yeah. You, so you went to school in China. Was there stuff that you felt very well prepared for when you came here? Yeah. And then stuff you felt completely unprepared for because of the way you went to high school? Um, I would say, I would say I'm, I feel very prepared. Mm. Um, not so much for English, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> English, maybe not so good. English is hard. 
Yeah, even though I I studied English in high school and then my major was English in college,、mm. I worked for American companies for five years. And still, when I when landed you got here, here, it was still I, hard. Yeah, I I remember the first night when I landed here, my friend picked me up from the airport and we、mm. went to Stop and Shop or Star Market, whichever.、Mm. And he said, "Oh, you should pick out some detergent."、Mm. So I picked out a detergent and a carton of eggs、mm. and put it on the. Uh, at the checkout、mm. place, and she said the cashier said, "Oh, you're all set." And I couldn't understand what that、mm. meant. No, all set. Said you mean set a table? Yeah. Set, like, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am set. Yeah,、oh. I know. So that for one word, after so many years, I, I feel, I at that time I felt, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do.、Mm. But that's okay. So、mm. I, I guess the main thing I felt prepared was that it's okay if you made a mistake and、mm. you don't know anything, then. You learn. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's good. So the、yeah. uh, and I, I think especially for people who are just new, like that that sort of stuff is hard. You yeah. Know, the um, it's the basic things. Like if if something is hard anywhere and you have struggles, that feels okay. Yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. buying eggs and then you're like. Oh what? what? <laughs> like, you know, now you feel like oh I'm the problem. I you know? know, I know. But it's not. You're not the problem. It's just experience, yeah, and that's、yeah. the thing. I think a lot of people who take languages in school but never get a chance to live in the other country, that stuff is not going to be there on day one. Right. But if you really go and buy eggs once a week for a couple weeks, you'll get it by week three, four, or yeah, five. Like, yeah. Like it doesn't take that long. Yeah. If you have the chance to live in the other place. Yeah.、Um, yeah. So then, having lived between the 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 two places,、um, what do you think now about what's going on in in China with um uh, with uh, English learning and that sort of stuff? Do you have any idea whether the English learning is better now than it was when you、oh, were studying? Oh, definitely. Oh,、yeah. definitely. I I remember even when I was in college, we we had classes where we, I mean we're lucky. My college is in Beijing as well.、Mm. So. Which we're, college were you at?、Uh, Beijing Science and Technology University. Okay. You know,、uh, Beijing. Right? Or, the, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Beijing College. Yeah. Yeah. So we had、um, Americans at the time. We、mm. had、uh, American tourists、mm. who want to travel in China, but then they also teach during、mm. the school year,、oh, and they、cool. travel, and they have a place to live on the campus.、Mm. So we had、uh, foreign teachers. Nice.、Um, But then on the side, we also study grammar、mm. very heavily. Like for this one vocabulary, you remember all seven meanings of it,、mm. and you're tested by filling the blank、mm. and all that. Like、uh, which preposition is it in or on or to? You know.、Oh, yeah. So yeah. I remember those are very hard.、Mm. Um, but at the same time, my dad, who who thought、mm. so far ahead,、mm. um, he came to America to、mm. to be on business trip、mm. two times. And when he went to China, it was in 1987 or 86,、mm. I think.、Um, in China, you can't buy these big appliance like、uh, electronics,、yeah. like a TV, yeah. Yeah. right, or、uh, color TV.、Mm. So for people who went to went come outside of China, you have a ticket、mm. to buy one big oh, item. Oh yeah, the cow. Yeah, yeah like, the cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he bought、mm. a TV、mm. and a subtitle machine. Ooh, that was a good call. <laughs> and a subtitle machine、uh, going in w- with a DVD. So it's a、mm. DVD combo.、Mm. And then he, when he went to work here,、mm. he would put a cassette tape,、um, like a VC, yeah, the, VCR, the VHS, a VHS, yeah, yeah into a Um, the machine and、mm. it would record、mm. nonstop. 
So he would just record lots of content. Yeah, lots of content, and he would bring them back to me. Oh, so he could, so he couldn't bring the TV back because it was too big. But he yeah. would buy a TV, yeah. tape lots of stuff with yeah. subtitles, and yeah, then yeah. bring back real media. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. You. Which it's it's absurd how easy it is now on the internet. Yeah, to, to I go. know, right? But although it's you know every year it's harder to get Western media in China. Right. So it's like we're not that bad to the point where we need to bring <laughs> physical DVDs back. Right. But it's just so important for people to be able to see real life happening in the other place. Exactly. You know what I mean? I remember I was watching these commercials on Sunday morning, mm. uh, selling houses and these Barbie dolls that the hair can grow if you <laughs> grind arm, yeah, you know, yeah. and I watched Bambi probably hundreds of times wow. because he, and, and then with the subtitle machine, I could read the subtitle at the and same then, time. And then your ear is getting trained, yeah. which yeah. is actually, I remember when I learned Xiangcheng with Master Ding, um, you know, Master Ding was a, com a comedian. He wasn't a language teacher, yeah. but he was a great language teacher. <laughs> yeah. And one thing that he told me very early on was that he's like, you don't need to be performing Xiangcheng to be learning Xiangcheng. Mm -hmm. Listen to everybody talking, like really listen, pay attention, listen to the way it's happening. Because when you, the first step, xian mm -hmm. first imitate, um, so do imitate first and then say it yourself. So a lot of American artists, it's kind of funny as an artist, I would never go like, I'm going to copy everyone's comedy. Yeah. Like that would be a bad way to be a comedian. But he was like, don't try to be funny and write your own material and do everything all at once and in another language. Listen to the way they do the comedy and then do it the same way we do it. Just so you can get the ear and then the mouth going together. And then when you have the confidence then you can start to add your own thing in there. Oh. So it's like, you know, if, and hearing the same thing over and over again is really useful. I'm sure if you heard Bambi a hundred times, yeah, I know. every single word and, and the way they say it, you're, you're past the meaning. You're listening to the language and the, the way it goes up and down. I know, and, yeah. And that sort of stuff is, is necessary to get the foreign language to work. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so that sounds like it was a really good uh, experience to be yeah, able to get those. Yeah. Those so I'm, a, I'm very grateful. Very cool. So, yeah, very well, well, so we should speak more Chinese. So we're gonna take a break. We'll be okay. right back. But thank you for sharing the stories. And of um, what did you think of the uh, the uh, Molly Huacha? Oh, can I take all of your Molly Huacha? Yeah, <laughs> I'll give you the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, good. really good. This is great. I thank miss you. My home. A good old. Be if the Beijingers like it, I'm, I'm glad that I can get some. Beijingers to enjoy uh, the uh, the jazz. Don't buy it, okay? Because mm -hmm. I'm buying all of them. Yeah, we'll buy all of them. All right. <laughs> we'll be right back with another tea. Yeah. I'm Jesse. Uh, I'm Star. Hi. Awesome. We'll be right back. The internet is a dangerous place. A VPN can help protect you from that danger. What danger? Think of something. Now think of something you haven't even thought of. That could happen to you. The problem with most VPNs, though, is they taste way worse than tea. We interviewed one of our coders to find out why. Well, you're asking why the VPN tastes worse than tea. What do you mean? It's software. It's not excuses. Of course, this could all be avoided by buying tea directly from Jesse's Tea House. Jesse gets his teas straight from small tea shops and tea farmers in China and puts them into his subscription service. Use the code JESSEPOD for $10 off your first order of $30 or more. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tea Time with Jesse. I'm Jesse here with uh, Lou Lausher, Star Lou. 
Hi, everybody. Um, and uh, we were just talking about uh, Chinese language learning. Uh, Lu Laosher teaches at Newton North High School, which is my high school. And I suppose is a disciple of my Chinese <laughs> yes, teacher, yes. Lu Laosher. And um, we've also had some, uh, so even though I didn't go to your classes in high school, we've had a lot of recent history together because when the coronavirus hit, um, I was back in the States and fans of the channel may know, but if you don't know, I, I'd lived in China for nine years. I was not planning on moving back to America. I came back for what I thought would be a nine day vacation and coronavirus hit in midair. So especially in January and February of 2020, in that time between when China had locked down, but America did not have the virus yet. It was a very stressful time for Chinese people everywhere. Yes. Especially for people like you that had family back in Beijing and, yes. you know, Everybody was locking down, and it was it was unclear what was happening, and people really needed um, you know masks and health equipment. And uh, at the time, I felt the only thing I could do was I thought I'd put on a fundraiser comedy show, and the only place I thought I could get a theater was my high school. <laughs> um, so I contacted um, I contacted Lulausher, and the, and uh, through you, we were able to get the auditorium at our high school. Uh, and we put on a we put on a charity show, which I thought we'd be lucky if a hundred people came. Yes. But we had like six hundred people that came, and it was an amazing show. And after that, not only did we raise I think ten thousand dollars over, yeah, over twelve thousand dollars for medical supplies. Um, the video of the show went viral in China. Yes. And so I don't know if you know, but the final count, I counted about 400 million views. Really? So that in China is oh, wow. 1.3 billion people. So that's about a quarter of the population. That's unbelievable. If those numbers are real, which they may not be. But, um, <laughs> but it really was a moment. And uh, I have a joke I'll show you later, but I have screenshots of um, both the um, NPR talking about the show and the Chinese police Weibo account talking about the show. So I oh think I'm the God. only person in history that's made something that both NPR and the Chinese police both like. So if anyone says we can't live together, there's, there's always yes. a little bit in the middle of that, that, the Venn diagram. And so I want to talk really briefly about that. What was that time like? And then what was it like for you um, helping to prepare that show? Because we went real fast. We, I know. You know we yes. had almost no time to prepare. Yes, yes. So I think what happened was we contacted each other mm. without thinking about the fundraiser. Mm. But then at the same time, you mentioned that China is in need for PPE. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, um, so Newton Public Schools and um, Beijing Jingchen School had an exchange. Yeah. Always have an exchange for a long time. Mm. And our students couldn't go because China was, um, yeah, during the time, down. it was a closing yeah. down. So because of that, I mentioned that to you. And then you said, let's mm. do a fundraiser, mm. right? So, so the, I, I went back to my school, asked my principal, and my principal said, what are we waiting for? Let's yeah, do it. Let's do it. Right? So when we got an okay, and um, the theater director, uh, Mr. Adam Brown. Yep, Mr. He, Brown. Legend. Yeah. Legend. Totally legend. Legendary. Totally yes. So he... Cut he, to the picture of Mr. Brown he hates. All right. <laughs> and then... And then he uh, graciously offered, okay, this is the time I, we can provide support for, for technical or audio and video. Yeah. And, and then I, I think how, that's how we got, yeah. right? And you designed the, no, no, no. I, the, I, I did the show. I did yeah. the performing, but there were also students involved. They, yes. did, they, yes. did, some, um, they did some shows. Right. Right. We had a friend of mine come and play violin. Right, right. Uh, and, um, you know, as you guys may have guessed from what I did with my life, my school had a great theater department. 
So Mr. Brown is a real legend and the, the Newton North Theater Inc. theater group, they put on like 12 plays a year, yeah. many of them student directed. When I was a senior in high school, I directed our improv troupe and um, put on shows and it was, it came together very fast, but the, the school was very talented and, they, yeah. and everybody was, um, was up for it. Yeah, and everybody is just very supportive. Yeah, by the way, this um, is the, the 2011 White Tea, Fooding Bai Cha, using Charnel, with 12 year aged, and um, the old white tea is very tasty. Mm -hmm. Give it a smell of that. Wow, yeah. that's very different mm. from Hua Cha. Very different from the Morley Pa, from the, uh, the Jasmine. So, but yeah, so we were putting together this, this show. It was like within what, two weeks? I was think it, it was even less than that. I think it was yeah. like 10 days or something like that. Oh, it was okay. pretty crazy. Um, it was crazy. And we were, and, and we sent out notifications. Like some people were going out to, to putting posters everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the teachers had a connection with uh, Channel 5. Yep. So we put our news, we, took, we put our poster on Channel 5 News. Yep. We got on the local news. On the local news. Um, and we got it on all these websites, yep. right? So it was the tickets were sold out, and yeah. we had corporates who were making donations. It was it was crazy. I mean, it was it was amazing, and it was definitely it, it's kind of sad to say, but I think it was the high moment of U.S. China relations in the pandemic because yeah. like the next week everything started going I down. Know. <laughs> I know. But it was amazing for me because it was this experience where you know we went out of our way, and everybody in the community really pulled together to do yeah. this fundraising, and then a month and a half later. We had, um, you know, the virus hit America very hard, and I had a hundred private messages on Douyin asking, "Oh, we have masks. We have extra masks. Can yeah. we send them back to you now?" Yeah, yeah. And it was just really, it was that moment where I really realized, like, you know, if if you're trying to bring people together, if you make the first step, they the the other people may not make a step, but usually they're going to take a bigger step than you took, right? Because they see you kind of went out of your way first to make it happen. Yeah, and so. It, that, that was, you know, that was a, a really big show and it was, um, it went everywhere in China. It went, it went over even places in the States. At the time, I didn't think it would be the last show I ever did for like oh. for years. Um, but it was, um, but it was definitely an incredible experience. And, uh, and now it's funny, I'm like Newton famous. I know, you, you're yeah, not like, only Newton famous, you're like, everywhere famous. No, but like it, it, in Newton, I remember even yesterday, I was visiting a friend for Thanksgiving and they had Chinese neighbors. And they were like, we were at the show. We were at the, it was like a big Everybody event. loved it. It yeah. was like, a, like yeah, everybody remembers yeah. that fundraiser show. So I want to thank you for helping oh, to put that together you. so fast. Thank you. And and uh, remember, we went to someone's house to pack those yep. PPEs. Yep. And it, was, it was a great experience. It was actually, um, it was really funny. It was right in that period where we could still all be together in the house yeah. together. And it was, um, it was a really great experience and it was, uh, you know, I feel like we did so much in such a short time. Yeah. And then it was followed by everybody staying inside for a year. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. that was a crazy time, but I'm glad that we have kind we of come through it. We were able to pull it, it through, right? Pull through it. Yeah. And um, you know, now everything's a little bit better. We can enjoy, enjoy the tea. So mm. this is, so here, take a sip of this. Let me know what you think. Really cool. Hey. Mm, that's nice. Hmm. It's very different from yeah. the jasmine tea, yeah. but it's very lasting a very long time mm. in the. Yeah, right? it has this so sort of like a very yeah, sweet. It has a nice sweet aftertaste. So you swallow, in a lot of bad tea, what you you taste is the mouthfeel will be okay, but then when you mm. swallow it, you get this kind of bitter or gross yeah. aftertaste. Yeah, this and, is such a long. It's yeah. almost like a 
a violin note. Yeah. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this. I got to yeah. learn better ways of describing it. I like the violin note. But the, the, in Chinese, say hui gan. The, mm. the, the, the sort of returning taste, mm. returning flavor is very sweet. Yeah. We got oh, this is lovely. Very nice. So the old white tea is like, white tea I think is slept on in America. Like not enough people know about white tea and definitely not enough people know about old white tea. Mm. The aged white tea gets really, really good. Very herbal, very sweet. Excellent. So, wow. so that was, that was um, I think the first time we really, uh, well, I don't know, first time, but the the uh, working together on that show yeah. was a great experience. And then about a year and a half later, fans of the Tea House will be happy to know that that Lulao show is actually one of the people that packed the very first sampler boxes we ever did. Yeah, I know. The, with my the, students. Yeah, yeah, with the students. At the, at the very beginning of the Tea House, I literally started it at this table making uh, videos at my parents' house. And the um, eventually... People were saying, oh, we want to try the tea. I should make the teas. And so I thought, okay, I'll put together a sampler. And at the time, it was, it was not thought out very carefully. <laughs> um, I, I knew that at some point we would need to get the four teas into bags and then into a box and then sent out to everybody. But I had no idea that we would have so many people interested. And so I built a plan that me and my family would pack tea uh, and we would make 100 boxes. But we pre-ordered 500 boxes. Yeah, it was a lot. So in the end, uh, the, I basically was left saying, like, four people can't do this. <laughs> we need help. And so I reached out to our, uh, to our synagogue, and I also reached out to you in the high school Chinese program. And I was yeah. like, if, if we speak Chinese while packing, can you give extra credit to yeah, your students? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so and I said, that? extra credit? Yes, we're yeah. on. <laughs> yes, this is good. So... Um, and so we had students from the classes come and help pack tea, and a lot of those, the very first of the tea samplers was uh, was done by um, by you know the Newton North High School yes. Chinese program. Yes, yes. <laughs> what was yes. that like being in that room packing all that tea? What did that feel like? <laughs> you know, at that time I was just thinking, oh, this is such such a cool idea, right? Mm. With little samplers and people can try different things, mm. and then also involve the students in making something that they can see the impact mm. of, of what they do, right? Mm. And also, it's interesting, do you remember there's a mm. student's name whose name mm. is Gabe? Yeah, yeah, I remember him. He, I never thought he would be so fast yeah. doing this. He, he got really into it. I know. He was packing the cards, um, like he had all the cards like preset and he was getting everything right and perfect in every I box. I know, it was, it was, he was amazing. It was so I'm looking, I'm seeing my students a side that I've never seen. Mm. And this year, he's a senior. Mm. And you know, he got this, um, I think it was an MIAA uh, mm. Sportsmanship Award. Nice. Um, so when I saw the picture from the Newton Public School newsletter, I'm thinking, mm. Well, there we maybe go. he has passed started from the team. Maybe, maybe. I don't know how much credit I can take for that, but it was it was definitely a crazy moment. I mean, in the early days of the tea company, um, you know, we, we, we were packing tea for all day Saturday, all day Sunday. It took right. 16 hours. <laughs> um, we live streamed the whole thing. Oh, you um, did? Yeah, we did. We had a camera up there. Not many people watched yeah. 16 hours of us boxing teas. Yeah. <laughs> but but it, was, it was one of these moments where, um, kind of like the charity show, where afterwards yeah. I was exhausted, but I was like, I feel like I really did something. Today, I know. Right? So meaningful. It was very yeah. meaningful. And it was, um, how, how does it feel for you as a, you know, your Beijinger and Chinese person in the States? What do you think about the fact that Americans are now, and people all around the world are watching tea culture online? Yeah. Does that get you excited? Is it? Um, absolutely. I, I feel that 
anything that can connect people, mm. it would be meaningful. Yeah. So especially for tea, um, it's like wine. Mm. You know, when people try different. I'm not a wine drinker, so I, I can't tell the difference between this and that. Mm -hmm. My I can only tell my favorite is rosé. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I can I can tell the difference between tea, right? Mm. And and if I see another person who we may not speak the same language or mm. same the, share the same background, but we we have the same interest in tea, mm. right? I I feel. Oh, that's such a great connection that we have. Yeah. It's yeah. been, it's surprising because I did, you know, nine years of Chinese comedy. And in, in China as well, even though there are connections between comedy and tea, the comedy was done at tea house at Chaguar. Mm -hmm. It's called Jesse Chaguar, Jesse's Tea House. My original hope would be, and hopefully it, we're kind of getting there now, of doing a place that's not only a tea space, but a cultural space. Yes, yes. Event space. Um, that there is a connection, but most people who are comedians are not drinking tea and, and you know, vice versa. Right. But I think that they both have a lot in common and that they're bringing people together. Yes. It's, um, it's, uh, I think that in America and in Europe and a lot of these places, the tea, it's a drink. But for me, like tea is this, it's like, oh, I haven't seen you in a long time. I want to talk about some interesting stuff. Come over, let's drink tea. And I feel like in the States, we're really missing that. Yes. You know, yes. I feel like in China, people are much like people go to dinner and sit there for three hours. Yes. You know, like they like that. They, they came to eat, but really they need to talk. You yes. know, <laughs> yes. yes. And um, I don't know if you feel that, too. Do you feel like it's hard to just like find places to talk in American culture? Do you feel like that? Um, I, I think the coffee shop is probably a place that mm. people normally go. But the thing is, it, the, the it, for example, the the tea culture when mm. when we look at how you make tea and it's an art. Yeah. Right. It's not only they call chai. Like, yeah, chai. Yeah. Yes, it's an art. It's not like oh, we go somewhere, we order something and we sit there mm. and just drink this thing. Yeah. It's more of oh, yeah. the process is also Very interesting true. and the art of it, the yeah. making of it, it has so much detail to it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but that is true. It's like the, I think it's funny, like a lot of Americans, are, they'll say to me, they're like, oh, I don't have time for that. I'm like, that's the problem. Yes. That's the problem. You need to sit down do a good job at it yeah. and like you know treat yourself well treat your guests well take a moment is that moment yeah, yeah exactly. and, it, and um and i have nothing against coffee as a beverage but it's more of the coffee culture in america um not the sort of high-end drip coffee people but like most of the coffee you're like i need coffee to work yeah i, I need, need it on the go yeah, 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 yeah. you're yeah. drinking two yeah. cups of coffee at the same time while driving a car and it's like this is not why i got into tea you know right. like it's not the liquid, although the liquid is nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it is, um, it's you. more about that stuff around it, if yes. that makes sense. Yes. So, yes. so then, what did you think when I told you I needed your help to pack tea boxes? What did you... <laughs> I, I, you know, honestly, I didn't think that your business would grow so fast. I didn't think so right? either. <laughs> I was just thinking, oh, okay, time to see you. And then time to get my students to get into yeah. Chinese culture. And then you Fantastic. showed up and it's like, oh, this is work. <laughs> like, we actually have work to do. Well, I just didn't think it was that many, but I think mm. it would be great. It, you know, let, let, I saw how Gabe was doing that. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, 
wow, I'm looking yeah. at kids at diff from a different light, right? Mm, that's cool. So, yeah. You never yeah. know. So, and, I'm so and, happy for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy as well that it's kind of, it's it's taken off in a way that yeah. I definitely did not expect. But it's, um, I'm glad it's brought value to other people too, because that's the thing is like, if it's just about, I think a lot of the challenges, you know, I live in Hollywood now, and a lot of people are there because they want it to be about them. Mm. And as a performer, it has to be something about you. Mm. You can't be like, oh, it's all the audience. No, like, mm. no, you, you want to be on camera. Yeah. But if it's all about you, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, and so it's a big, and I think tea is the same way. It's like, yeah, I want to be a good host. I want to be doing these things. I want to have good tea myself. But it has to also be about the people you're sharing the time with. Yes, yes. And so that is definitely something that I feel like the tea has been really good for. Yes, um, yes. And I'm glad that I'm glad that you got a chance to be a part of it. And thank you again for that help oh, at the I, I think very it's all, beginning. You know, meant to be. I feel right. Yeah, you were the UN fan, Chaiyuan, like, you know, the tea fate. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. definitely, it's a thing, people. Chaiyuan, look it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we had a lot of great tea. Um, before we head out, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the, you mentioned it before, the Jingshan Exchange Program. Mm. So uh, my one of my biggest life regrets is I never went on the Jingshan Exchange Program. So there's... You can always yeah, go now. I can always go now. <laughs> and it's funny because I lived right next to my comedy club in Beijing, was right across from the Jingshan School. Yes. Uh, like, and so I was right there. Um, but explain what is the program and then okay. what has it been, how long has it been around and what does it do? Okay. Um, so... Beijing Jingshan School um, is Newton Public Schools exchange program sister school. So we've been together for 40 years. Mm. In fact, the exchange program is the longest yeah. um, of the nation of yeah. America. 40 years ago, and again, China really only started opening up in the yes. 80s. Yes. So that 40 years is pretty hard to do. You know, yes. there aren't a lot of places that have been around for 40 years doing cooperation. So, yes. so yes. students from the schools, it's just an school exchange program? Yes. So we would send our students to Jingshan School for about four months, mm. and Jingshan School will send students and teachers to mm. our school for four months, and mm. it's between North and South High School and Jingshan School. Yes. And we unfortunately had to put it on a plateau yeah. for um, three years, yeah. but now we are restarting. That's good. I'm very glad these things are restarting because that was one of the one of the most painful things for me about the pandemic. Obviously, I couldn't go back to China, yeah. but everybody in my life that was dealing with cultural exchange also couldn't go back. Right. So everybody I knew was like, well, we want to be doing this, but we can't. Yeah. And it's just like a bad way to live where everybody you know is not doing what they want to be doing, right. <laughs> you know? Right. right. Um, and so I'm, and I'm glad that it's, it's, it's starting back up. Yeah. So, so the plan is for the, uh, the students from Newton to start going to Jingshan next yeah. year. Uh, 24, 25 school year. Nice. So w even though we we were not doing in-person exchange, mm -hmm. we did not stop doing the online exchange for the past three oh, years. Oh, that's great. Okay, yeah, so great. we did some video sharing. Um, our students participated in Jingshan School's uh, Chinese idiom performance. Mm. So I, I can send a few to you. Yeah, yeah, send they're, me the clips. They're very funny. They... they um, they performed out, acted out the Chinese idioms, mm. and they're so creative. Mm. I just love them. And some of them got um, a, a award oh, in nice. the Haidian district. Oh, that's so, great. Uh, yeah, so, um, so we did that, and we also had um, our administrator had mm. an online connection. Mm. So the Jingshan School principal mm -hmm. and um, the program director 
and our school's principals mm. uh, had an online Zoom meeting. Mm. Um, and we also celebrated some of the long-term supporters, mm. such as the New North's previous, a uh, New North principal, Jim Marini. That's great. And uh, we celebrate some people's uh, legacy. Mm. And our event is, we have another event coming up that's on great. December 14th. So, yeah. that's, so that's super fun. So then what, what do you feel is the, like what's the most important part or like why are these exchange programs important, do you think? Mm. Um, I, I can send you a few students' mm. testimony. I, I think it's more of the students suddenly realize they, when they are away from their family for mm -hmm. such a long time, they develop their own potential. Mm. They found their own independence. They uh, they know suddenly I'm on my own. Mm. How do I do problem solving? Mm. How do I deal with a different culture? Mm. What what can I learn? It's, what can yeah. I bring back? It's yeah. it's tricky because when you're in school in America or whenever you're you you go to school next to your house and yeah. and like even if you're trying something challenging in the classroom, you there's kind of a home, safety right? net. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. very close to home. When you're in China, you know, you kind of know that like, okay, the teachers are not going to let us go crazy, but like, but we're in China, like, yeah. you know, anything could happen. Kind right, of. right. Um, and so that, so that sort of like change of scenery, you think really wakes up the students to yes. being a person. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, so we made a uh, short documentary Oh, great! and the premium well, pre premiere will be on December 14th. Oh, very cool. And we interviewed three generations of exchange students. Very cool. With the oldest one was from the first year of 1986. Mm. And the newest one was from 2019. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. That's Especially, it's really funny for me that the history of these things is really cool because China both has like old, old history yeah. and then like new, old history. Right. <laughs> so like 40 years is a long time for China-US school exchange. But then, like in Beijing, I was on streets, like, you know, the, the school is on streets that might have been laid down by the Mongols and, yeah. you know, whatever, <laughs> 800 or whatever. So, yeah. the, so like, along, these, these things have a lot of history to them, and yet a lot of the history is very new. Yeah. So, what did you, have you, you've been to Jingshan? I have. Yeah, I so have, yeah. explain what the Jingshan school is like. Like, what is it like as a school? So, um, in China, there are, there is an uh, idea, oh, thank you, mm. uh, about key school. Key school meaning mm. um, these schools are very high academically and also with mm. extracurricular mm. Um, activities. Mm. So, Jingshan school, first of all, the location is, the main campus location mm. is in the center of Beijing. Yeah. Um, and the students are, um, for high school level, mm. they have to take certain tests to, in order to go in, mm. and the school is structured in a way that students celebrate all kinds of mm. aspects. So of it's their a very so it's not just a normal school no. even in China. It's a it's a, like a special kind of it's the type of thing that would do something unusual like yeah. have a sister school program right, right. <laughs> abroad. Right, and it's also very comprehensive in a way that. We, in addition to our academic exchange, we also have volleyball teams visiting mm. each other. Oh, we also, cool. Yeah, we also had chorus groups. We mm. also had band and mm. visiting each other. Um, so in that level of exchange, and we also had uh, a session with our teachers teaching Jingshan uh, teachers in terms of elementary oh, cool. level pedagogy. That's exchange. cool. Yeah. And I, I bet they really like that. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I remember the teachers in China are all a very, very 
interested in learning as many different angles as yes. they can. Yes. I, I didn't teach, uh, well, I guess I taught pedagogy of drama education. I did some things where I taught drama teachers in China oh. how to do improv okay. uh, games in the, in the classroom. And beyond the specific improv exercises, it's just different ways of thinking about education. Mm. Like again, for my improv class, I taught an improv class at Beida Fujong, which oh, you is did? The, yeah, okay. the Beijing University affiliated high school, which is another one of these big Peaceful, high schools. Yes. And I told them like when I made the curriculum, uh, you know, and I was able to do this because at Beida Fujong, they were very open about the way the students were, were graded. Mm. But I would tell the students on day one, it's like, I can, I've taught a lot of students. I can kind of see where your level is at. I don't, I'm not going to judge you where you end up. I want to see you pushing yourself. Yeah. I want to see you on stage, like almost falling, but you can fall or you can not fall, but I want to see you close. Yeah. And if I don't feel you're pushing yourself, you're not going to get a good participation grade. Right. And it's totally subjective yeah. and, and, um, and suck it, you know? So like, oh, and, so I, and when you do that, the kids there, um, they're like, oh, I actually, it, it's not about the scene. And they really need to believe you. They need to believe that I don't care what the, re the end result is. I want to see them challenge themselves. And if they believe that you believe that, they actually will challenge themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but for a lot of the drama teachers in China, they were like, oh, that's, I've never even thought about grading the class that way. Right. You know, they're like, we'll do drama and then there will be an ending performance. Right. And then we'll grade the ending Based performance. Based on, yes, yes, yes. And so even things like the the way the students are graded or the... Is the goal the result or is the goal the process? process yeah. These things, um, the, the drama teachers that I taught, a lot of them had never been thinking in that way. You know? <laughs> I want to hear your opinion on that in terms of how to make them believe that you believed in that. You know, yeah. Because in our class, every day is you, yeah. you're delivering that message. Mm. I think for me, part of it is obviously what you say. Yeah. But then in an acting class, I have the ability to stop the performance and tell them to go back or to, to say like, try that again. Okay. So if I see somebody give a really, just like not a good effort, mm. I'll, I might stop and say, stop, stop, stop. Like, you know, let's go. So by where you stop and where you don't, you can kind of show uh, mm. results. So let's say people did a really good scene I might say, that was really good. I like that. I like that. Let's move on. That's good. It's working. I don't yeah. need to talk about it too much. If it's not working, I can, uh, what I'll oftentimes do is I'll find something that didn't work, but there was a good decision in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like somebody will make a big choice in, in improv and acting. We like, we like big choices. If everybody's just standing like this, right. it's if, very boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If somebody comes on the scene as a horse and then the scene is a disaster... Then I will say, you know, the scene clearly didn't work, right, people? But what I liked is you came on as a horse. That's a good first decision. Mm -hmm. This scene didn't work, but I like that. Mm. And then just remind people that it's like, you know, whether the scene was good at the end or whether the scene was bad at the end, usually we don't talk too much about that. Mm -hmm. We're going to pick the decisions. Oh, and so okay. by picking those choices that they do and, you know, praising the good choices... Or if a student is not putting in the energy and just standing there, we'll say, well, why was the scene not good? You know, we let's, you know, you can go up there and just be like, we were all just sitting next to each other and looking at each other. So I want you guys to be making those choices. Try the scene again, but I want you to try it by making a big choice at the beginning. Mm. And let's have the same people in the same place. Just make some big choice. I don't care what it is. And I really oh. don't care what it is. Oh, okay. And so the... Um, 
And by, by highlighting the parts that you want to in, encourage, um, even if it wasn't like a good, <laughs> good performance, you can kind of show people like where, like, what do I think is important? Uh, okay. You know? okay. And then if the students like you, then they want to, they want to do performance that you are enjoying. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know? so I think part of it is that. And then, um, I think also part of it is like at the end, you need to like, you know, having grading kind of in the middle of the semester is um. sometimes good where I would tell people like, look, we have, so here's the different parts of your grade. Part of it is on your your challenging yourself. That oh, was like part a, of the, part in of the, the curriculum. Thirty okay, percent of the rubric is challenging yourself. Oh, I okay. feel like you have room to go. Like I, you know, again, it's art, so I have a little bit more leeway. Yeah. But yeah. I can say like I feel like you're not there. I've seen it a couple times, but I'm not seeing it all the time. Mm. And we've been doing this six weeks now. We should be getting better. Okay. So if people are, and I think that a lot of the times the students will agree with you like if they because that effort thing is something that they kind of also know mm, so it's yeah. it's not about how good they are because you know for most of these students they're not going to become professional actors right it's about how they engage with the process and um and that's something that you can kind of highlight specifically with the choices that the students make and reward the good choices and you know be like when when they're making bad choices be like you know, we, we need we can get better on that. This is the area we can get better. So I don't know if oh. that makes sense. <laughs> oh, totally. So mm. I, we're for language classes. Mm. We're doing that every day. Yeah. But then the problem is the same thing. Yeah. For example, thank you. Mm. For example, do, do we grade them on their level of language yeah. or, or do we because every, not every kid will reach here? Yeah. Right. Or do we how do we encourage them to to go? towards the so room. how do you how do you wind up grading because some of it is tests and like do yeah. you know the words but yeah outside of the tests how do you decide whether the student deserves the higher grade or the lower grade yeah i'm i'm constantly thinking about that so this year i'm doing what, what i'm doing something different is that um so they they can never rehearse for mm -hmm. a performance yeah. so they can't well for difficult ones mm -hmm. if i want them to focus on certain structures, I'll mm. let them memorize, as you said, like yeah, yeah. imitate and come. Mm -mm. So for easy ones, I mm. just want them to talk. So I grade them by, you know, I ask the pairs to like popsicle sticks, mm -hmm. let them pair. And then they come up with mm -hmm. different people. Nice. Um, and they come up and just start talking yeah. based on one scenario. Yeah. Um, and I grade on, for example, you have to have balanced lines. So yeah. I can't have one person carrying the whole the conversation, whole yeah. right? Yeah. And I have to have it to be some sort of logical sequence, yeah. right? It, has it should to make, make some sense. sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think this is the thing is like whether you're you're like being able to do a class for language and a class for art are different things. Yeah. Even though the art is useful for language and language is useful for the art, I think there's a lot of power in how you decide to grade people. Right. Not because the grade is important, but the grade is useful for telling the students what you what think is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, Absolutely. And, and also, um, and I really hope all around the world, education kind of goes more in this direction. It's about self-improvement. Yes. Because the the whole grading system of like, oh, I have 100, you have 90, I'm 10% better than you or whatever. And you can tell I'm not good at math because I don't think that's 10%. 10% would be Never mind. But you know what I'm saying. Um, I feel like the self-improvement is the real thing. When you get out into the real world, it's not about like some sort of flat score where the people who score two points higher make like, you know, 
two points more money or something yeah. like that or are two points more successful yeah like the it's about like how do i get better today than i was yesterday yes and if you do that then it doesn't matter what you do whether it's videos or tea or whatever like if i feel like i can get better than i was before i feel like eventually i'm going to be good enough that i can do this well yes um yes. and so for the language as well that's i think the hardest the hardest part for me when I'm, you know, talking to students that are learning Chinese, they say it's really hard. And I say, you, you need to be doing it because you want to get better. Right. If you want to get better, you will get better. If you want to do this because your reasons are a little unclear, well, that's part of the challenge. Is right. You don't, how do you get better if you don't know why you're doing it, you right. know? So I think that there's, um, there's a lot of... There's a lot of learning to happen and, and hopefully maybe one of the things that kids learn on the exchange is they get to meet other students who are kind of in the same life yes. place as them, yeah. but are thinking about different things, you know? Right. And exactly. That's for, for kids to see, to go out of Newton, mm -hmm. to go out of Massachusetts, yep. to go out of America, mm -hmm. to see what are some commonalities, what are some differences, right? Mm. We, we always, we, whoever we have, mm -hmm. we, Confucius said, you know, yeah. we're three people walking together when definitely one could be your teacher or teach you something, right? Mm, yeah. So if the kids at this young age could go on to an exchange for such a long time to see different mm -hmm. people and visit different places, and they, they're like sponges, they absorb all the information and yeah. they they learn how to make good judgment mm. so so it's yeah. so it's um in obviously if you're in the newton public schools you should apply to go on the jingshan exchange program if you're in the newton area you should donate to the program and help it keep it going uh how can people donate we have a link we'll have a link yes yes i can send you a link great yes, so if absolutely. you're in the newton area and you want to support the local schools uh send the send the link if you're outside of the newton area and want to support the schools you can still do that um, and if you want to move to Newton, that's fine too. Yeah, if you want to move to Newton, you can do that. But even just beyond that, I think for a lot of people, whether parents watching or they have kids who go, like I really, especially having the chance to study abroad in college, if I had had the chance to study abroad in high school, or like that really would have been a very important like thing. And I'm glad I got to study in college because like the moment I went outside the country for the first time, I feel was really where my life started yeah. started changing. And so it's it's great to hear that these exchanges are still going on between the U.S. and China. Has the has the kind of like fighting between U.S. and China affected the program in any way? I I would say absolutely. Mm. Um, you know, we we did we never asked that question to the community and the yeah. families, but obviously everybody is is on the people's mind. First of all parents for parents mm. do they feel that to sending their child to such a faraway country is that mm. safe yeah right especially that when um what in a travel it the yeah. u.s uh, website mm. um list oh China yeah the state as, department uh, will be like maximum risk to go i to know China, which... right so so right. that when parents see that what they think is oh my gosh what what is my yeah. child going to yeah what's, what's gonna, gonna happen? happen right so but then at the same time Parents are are they're getting news and resources, trying to learn what are the risks. Mm. Is that a good fit for my child? Mm. Um, and if it is, you know, they're here studying with no risks of they're in the comfort zone versus they go to China. Yeah. There are some uh, they're coming out of the comfort zone, but what they're yeah. getting in return. Mm -hmm then every family is doing that yeah. calculation. Do you feel like there's a lot of risk or like none at all? <laughs> I, I definitely don't think there's risks for our kids to go to China, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to have such a great time. Mm. 
um, I think the more risk for the program is more of, do I get along with my host family? Mm. You know, do I like the school? Yeah. Do I like the transportation and the food? You know, it's more yeah, of yeah. that. Yeah. So like people might not have a perfect time on the program, but it's not because of like US China. It's because like, oh, you might not like the food or the, the rooms might be smaller than yeah. you want or something yeah. like that, which could kind of happen anywhere. Yes, yes. You know? yes. So I think that's part of the challenge is like, it's very, just like it's hard in China to get good information about America, it's hard in America to get good information about China. Yes, yes. And so the, the, the students and the parents might all be confused, but you know, we go back and forth and we've lived in the other places. Like, you know, it's really funny. People are worried about safety in China where it's like America has much more like violent crime than China uh, by a lot. Right. <laughs> uh, in China, you're maybe more likely to get hit by a car. Right, right. But like, you know, but on an everyday basis, it's like I always feel really sad when like Chinese people say, I don't want to go to America. I'm going to get shot. I know. And I'm like, you're not going to get shot tomorrow. I know. Like, it's not like as bad as America is the worst gun violence of anywhere in the world. But on any given day, you're probably fine. Yes. And in China yes. as well, like, are there places where like you might eat food and get food poisoning? Maybe. But like on any given day, like 1.3 billion Chinese people survived. Yeah. So like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so all these misinformation. Yeah. Um, from the media mm -hmm. need our kids to go to each other's countries to really visit, right? Yeah. Because when they grow up, this is a world that they are shape, trying to shape, trying mm -hmm. to make an impact on, and they need to know firsthand mm -hmm. yeah, what's exactly. it like. And that's so, why I always encourage people to go, even if it's only on a vacation, go to China, go to anywhere, because there's, there's kind of two types of knowledge. There's the stuff you've lived through and there's stuff you've read. Yeah. You know, and the stuff you've lived through, even though you might only live through a very small part of reality, you really feel it. Yes. You believe it because you were there. Yeah. And then when you, you know, a lot of these people will get sometimes people will comment on the things like, oh, you lived in a communist country. And I'm like, yes, but go live there. Like live there for a couple of weeks. There are differences. There are things that are different, but it's not like there's like everybody who lives in a communist country dies immediately. Yeah, I know. And, and a lot of this misinformation is just because people don't feel it. They, yeah. Reality for them is like, a, like, you know, international politics is a game. They watch like a sports league yeah. and it's like, oh, who's winning? Who's losing? And for the people who live in the places, it's not that. No. You yeah. Know, so. I mean, eventually everybody just wants to live a peaceful life for themselves and the yeah. family, right? Um, people want to enjoy holidays. Yep. People want to get together with family and friends. Mm -hmm. That that is something that every culture has in common. Yeah. Right. So, so I think that's a great place to to finish off the, the the podcast. Every every culture has a lot of that in common, and it's it's um, really been one of the most encouraging things about this whole T channel has been that not only that people are learning, but that they're willing to learn. Yeah. Because that's the first step. Like if you're not interested in even hearing what people are saying. It doesn't matter how good they are at talking. You're not right. listening. So the, the fact people are open to listening and when I post in China, the fact that people are open to watching stuff about America, like that's the basis that keeps everything moving. So I'm very glad that the exchange program is coming back on. And um, hopefully maybe in China, in, uh, if it's going on in April, I might be in China in April. Yeah, I'll so let you know. If, we're, if, we're, if I'm in China in April, maybe we'll film an episode at Jingshan School or something like that. That would be really fun. That'd be lovely. We'll see. We're not, uh, again, no promises yet, but, <laughs> but that would be a lot of fun yeah. and um, very much uh, encouraging people to look into that. So Yeah. Thank you, Jesse. Very fun. It's great to have you over here. You're One last... so amazing. Hey, hey, hey. 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 Hey,
last sip of the tea. What did you think of this aged white tea? I love it. Mm. I've, I've never had aged white tea, I yeah. think. This I think is really good. I'll, I'll give just you some the after, to take that. Aftertaste is just, yes, the sweetness, the, mm. the lingering taste. Mm. I don't think I've ever had any tea it's like really, this. It's really good. Aged yeah. white tea is aged white tea is the bomb, and it's hard to find good mm. aged white tea that's actually real because a lot yeah. of times they'll say it's twelve years aged, but it's not right. actually. How do you know that? So part of it is you can tell certain ways by the way the leaves look. Okay. It should be uh, darker. Okay. The leaves will oxidize and get darker. Okay. Ideally, if it's aged um, naturally, it will have sort of like a matte, like a. a uh, how you say in Chinese, like ya guang. It'll be like oh, a matte finish. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, if it's if it's kind of like shiny and stuff, or like or like you know, sort of like gray, that kind of has shown that they've fast aged it, and it's not really the same way that it is. Wow. Uh, so it's um a lot of the reason that I can get this good tea though is that I have my tea people in China that I've known the the guy Yunqing who gets us this tea. I've known him for twelve years. Oh. I've drunk tea at his tea house hundreds of times, and so when I call him and I say. I want an aged white tea. I'm able to trust him and say, like, you know, that is it. And I've drunk a lot of tea, so if it was real, if it was fake, fake, I would be able to tell it. So he says this is 2011. If it was 2010 or 2012, maybe I couldn't tell, but I could tell if it was 2017 or 18 or something like that. That was really? not aged as much. So you got if you drink a lot of tea, you, you pick up some weird skills. <laughs> this is amazing. So for mm. aged white tea, do mm. they? Only grow in certain area, or so the white tea fuding, the fuding in Fujian is where most of the white tea comes from, and that's okay. where this is from. Okay. But also in Yunnan, they have a they have a it's called a Yueguang oh. Bai Cha, okay. and um, that can be aged as well. Okay. Uh, so there's there's a lot of different places, and um, but the uh, the fuding aged white tea is really the the, the best the I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I want to start a fight between the Fujianese and Yunnan people because this is the sort of stuff they fight about. But um, <laughs> in any case, it's it's great to be able to have you here and to be able to have this tea with you. And uh, Thank thanks you. so much for, for coming by. What a pleasure. There Thank you. Thank here you. Here we go. So um, uh, look, I'm stepping off the podcast. If you guys are listening on the audio version, check out the video versions on my YouTube, Jesse's Tea House on YouTube. If you're watching the uh, video on YouTube, uh, check out the audio version, which is on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts. Jesse's uh, Tea Time with Jesse is the name of the show. And um, if you're interested in having any of the tea, the teas we're drinking, the set we're using, the tea pets, which appeared in the mm -hmm. second half because I forgot to put them on the first half. <laughs> All of this stuff is actually on our site. And so it's a great place to get into tea. And um, if you're interested in supporting the show and, and supporting your own tea journey, I very much encourage you guys to go get some tea. It's all in the States. We ship within two days. It's fun stuff. So I'm Jesse. I'm Starlu. And thanks so much for listening. Have a good time, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.